It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Friday. I'm James Erpine. Great to be with you back in studio. I feel good on a Friday, man. I feel energized. It might be Monday. A lot to get to today on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. You can follow me on Instagram as well where I've posted some Bengals stuff. I will post more, more and more on Instagram at James Erpine there. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. You know, it's it's funny. It's interesting. And I want to talk about my, my takeaways so far. We're now a week plus into training camp, and I think it's a good time to recap what I've seen, uh, to recap and, and discuss what the Bengals have done since they brought Marvin back. And, and we're going to do that on the podcast today. But a quick reminder, LockedOnBengals.com in this podcast is your one-stop shop for all things training camp coverage and there's a lot on lockdownbengals.com right now including two videos of a guy you've heard his voice multiple times now you can watch him i got to catch up with joe goodberry of the athletic we uh we chatted after uh thursday's practice we chatted after wednesday's practice both videos posted in the respective recaps uh on lockedonbengals.com also my conversations with tony pike there's practice highlights which include uh, John Ross, good, John Ross, bad, Tyler Boyd's good, uh, and a whole bunch more, really. So if you're looking for training camp coverage, if you're looking for interviews, uh, reaction to Brandon LaFell being cut, uh, well, Green spoke yesterday. You hear that on yesterday's podcast. Tyler Boyd spoke. Alex Erickson spoke. I talked with Josh Malone as well, who appears to be okay, expects to be back out there soon he's dealing with a little, little bit of a, a hamstring issue right now but but overall here's my takeaway here's my thoughts uh here are my thoughts on brandon lafell and the bengals deciding to move on and virtually every move they've made this offseason has been this way it's something i would have considered now you might say well james you were on the lamar jackson train you wanted them to draft a quarterback and while i'm not denying that at all because that's the reality of it. I also get what they're doing. They want to win. And when you have a quarterback that is average or slightly above average, a uh, slightly above average starting quarterback in the league, in the NFL today, sometimes as an organization you feel like you need to go for it. And what the Bengals have done since they brought back Marvin Lewis, because I don't think anyone agreed with that, but since then, I think they've gotten most of the moves, if not all the moves, right. Anyone not on board with bringing in Chris Baker on a one-year flyer or Preston Brown? Anyone mad that they signed Tyler Eifert to an incentive-laden deal? Is anyone upset about that? I don't think so. And so the reality is everything the Bengals have done has made at least some sense. Every move the Bengals have made is something I would have considered. 
I would have talked about, I would have thought about, I would have looked at. The only thing I would have probably done different is I would have made the Brandon LaFell move sooner. But I get why they waited. And they waited for one simple reason. John Ross, unknown, question mark. We think he's having a good season. Looked good in mini camps. Do we know, though? Let's get a look at him in training camp. Let's make sure. Josh Malone, we hear he's great. How's he going to perform at camp? Auden Tate, we really like him. We thought we stole him. Is he as advertised even though he can't run? That's the reality. Brandon LaFell was their safety net. He was their guy that they knew what they were going to get. They had already had the money, had him signed to that deal. And they figured, hey, let's keep him around just in case. Now, I wouldn't have. I would have went after a guy, um, a right tackle. I mean, that's what I would have done. I would have moved on from LaFell. Heck, I might have moved on from Michael Johnson. But they moved on from Adam Jones and LaFell. There were three names that I've mentioned this offseason that they could use to free up cap space. One was Michael Johnson. He's still there. And actually, I still think he has some value. After talking with Joe Goodberry, thinking back to last year, he could be that that inside pass rusher next to Geno Atkins. At least some. Should he start at defensive end? Hell no. That's that's Carl Lawson all day. It should be Carl Lawson, Carlos Dunlap. But that's the reality. And as far as the other two guys, Adam Jones, $6 million, not worth it. I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Jones comes back to this team. If Jones is in Cincinnati soon. Kavari Russell is struggling in camp. The young corners struggling a bit in camp. You know who wouldn't struggle for this team nearly as much? A guy they're familiar with. A guy they know. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that works. But they did move on from him at that number. At that $6 million number. And then they move on from LaFell. Two out of the three. They've moved on from. It seems like this Bengals team is at least slightly different. It seems like the way they're operating is different. Think about it. They're putting their eggs in the basket of John Ross, Tyler Boyd, Josh Malone. That's what this is. I like Alex Erickson. Maybe you think Auden Tate's going to be really good. Those guys are not going to play significant time this year, especially Tate. Erickson might, especially if, let's say, Boyd got nicked up or something. I could see Erickson manning the slot. I think I tend to think he's more of a lock to make this roster than most because he's had a really good camp. Uh, there are some people I talked to yesterday that don't think that. They think that Alex still has to prove it, show it, uh, and that's fine. I tend to, uh, to lean the other way. I think he's pretty much got his job locked up. The one I, I'm not sure about is Cody Core. He had a good practice yesterday. There are highlights from him at LockedOnBengals.com. I think that's the guy. If Auden Tate comes back next week, and continues to perform, I think that's the odd man out. It's Cody Core. Why would you keep seven wide receivers again? Core didn't catch a pass last year. At least Erickson can be useful on offense and special teams. To me, that makes sense. Someone else can be a gunner. Brandon Wilson makes the team. He can be a gunner. He had an interception yesterday, by the way. The kid out of Houston, second year. Like To me, this team has done all these moves, and they all make sense. And it's rare where I'm on board with all of them, but I am. Do you get that way? Are you feeling that that same way about their offseason, about what they did? Like LaFell, first day of camp, he was the fifth or sixth 
most talented wide receiver on the team. Maybe worse than that. And if that's the reality, no matter how good he is in the room, no matter how much you like him as a veteran leader, can you keep him around? Can he be the guy? I'm not sure he can. I'm not sure it's worth it. And if it's not, and they deemed it wasn't, it must mean that you like the other pieces. And I think it's a really good sign that they did that. By the way, Brandon LaFell's pro football focus rating last year was 94th among wide receivers in receiving. It's a poor, it's a poor rating. Um, but that, that's their definition. I'm not saying that. Um, they go elite, high quality, above average, average, below average, poor, rookie, limited information. And he's poor. At uh, 57 was his grade, 57.7 from pro football focus. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. I want to discuss some other observations, news, and notes from training camp, and I will do that next. But first, a word from Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. They offer great prices for NFL games and all live events. And you, since you listen to Locked on Bengals, you can receive 10% off your first purchase with Vivid Seats. All you have to do is go to vividseats.com or download the podcast and enter promo code Locked On Again, that's promo code Locked On, and it's going to get you 10% off. Um, they also have a Vivid Seats app. It's for new customers only. Offers only good through the end of August, but every single seat backed by a 100% guarantee. The Hall of Fame game was yesterday, all right? That marks the start of football. The Bengals play at home six days from now. I'll be there. You should be there, too. Why waste your time? And maybe not. Maybe you don't want to go to preseason. Fine. Use Vivid Seats, though, to get your tickets for September. Or if you're coming into town for a game in March, or a game in March, game in uh, in October or November or March, if the Bengals are going to play into March, I hope they play into February, then you can get it with Vivid Seats. You can check it up now. It's offering Locked On Bengals listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use Locked On. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. New customers only, and the offer is good through the end of August. So go there now, vividseats.com, promo code Locked On. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It was cool hanging out with Joe Goodberry of The Athletic uh, over the past couple days. On Wednesday night, we were able to, after camp, after I typed up the recap and stuff, we stopped at a a local restaurant, had a margarita, had some tacos, and I'm going to get Joe to come on the podcast next week and recap and discuss what he saw from camp. I think he was excited overall from what he's seen. And my biggest takeaways uh, from camp, and, and that's the, some of these are mine. Some of them are shared between me and Tony Pike, who I'm with camp or at camp with every day. Some of them are shared between me and, and Joe. Uh, you can watch all of our recap videos, Tony and I, also Joe and I at LockedOnBengals.com. And 
the things that have stood out are the second year, second and third year development of these players. William Jackson looks better than ever. He kept coming up day in and day out early in camp, and now we're just kind of used to it, so we haven't mentioned him. Joe Mixon looks like he's about to dominate in the league. Leaner, faster, stronger. And last year I was drooling over him because I thought he was already strong and fast and big. But now he's leaner, more explosive. We know he can catch out of the backfield. We know he's dynamic. And him and Gio, it can be one of the better one-two punches in the game. And I know there are some good ones. You know, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. Uh, I, I know there are plenty of good running back tandems in this game. I think the Bengals could be uh, a good one, too. And honestly, they might and they could end up having the best tandem in the division. And I wouldn't be shocked if they ran their entire offense through two spots, the backfield and the slot wide receiver position. That's something that has come up a lot this week. Tyler Eifert in the slot, A.J. Green in the slot, Tyler Boyd in the slot, John Ross in the slot. All these different players are playing from the slot at one time or another, taking snaps from there, catching touchdowns from there, going deep from there. And that is something I've noticed in Bill Lazor's offense, and hopefully that's the case. Because what it does, it just makes it so much easier. On a guy like, let's say, A.J. Green, he gets double-teamed all the time. Well, if you line him up at the same spot every time, it's easy to double-team him. If you move him around... It makes it a little harder on the defense to double team. I mean, that's just very it's very basic description of of what I'm saying there. You know, that's that's not very football-y, but that's how I uh that's how I understand it, and it makes a lot of sense. Look, moving him around, um, moving Ross around, that's dynamic, that's interesting to me. That's how you can get broken coverages, that's how you can get miscommunication on defense, which could lead to good offense for the Bengals. And Tyler Boyd in the slot is, he's smooth. He's made contested catches. He's going up and getting it. He's had, he's having his best camp. He is. And I think he's poised. I was really high on him last year. I think he's poised for a big year. And my prediction as of now would be AJ Green leads the, the team in, in receiving touchdowns and yards and receptions and all that stuff. But Tyler Boyd is second on the team in receptions. John Ross is second on the team in receiving touchdowns and, or excuse me, receiving yards. And Tyler Eifert's second on the team in receiving touchdowns. So Ross, second on the team in yards, receiving yards. Eifert, second on the team in receiving touchdowns. And Boyd, second on the team in receptions. I think it's going to be a platoon. And I think that's great. Think about some of the the great offenses. Even the, the 2015 Bengals, right? And I got a lot of grief for comparing this Bengals roster to that one, which, fine. All right, I got grief from it. But the reality is, is I think this team could be pretty good. Um, and, and maybe I'm sipping the Kool-Aid too much. Maybe I'm drinking it too much, and I need to step away and realize that they're not going to be as good. But when I look at good offenses throughout the league, what do they have? That elite go-to guy, then they have weapons all over. Whether it's out of the backfield or in the slot or on the other side, they have a deep threat. They have multiple guys that can get downfield, multiple guys that can run after the catch, multiple guys that can play the slot. The Bengals, their weapons are interchangeable. Now, Boyd says he can play outside, and and I don't really buy into that as much as others. Um, But can he take a couple snaps out there? Can he block for you well? Can can he line up all over? Sure. He is versatile. That's something he did at Pittsburgh. 
uh, before he came here. It's certainly something he's done a little bit in the NFL. But the versatility that this offense could possess. Let's just say, let, let's just use the, the normal personnel, right? Two wide receivers and a guy in the slot. Normal nickel. Ross on one side, Green on one side, Boyd in, at the uh, the slot. And let's say Geo's in one play or, or Joe's in one play. All of those guys are interchangeable. Like you could motion Green inside at the slot and motion Mixon out on the outside and see who follows him. You could motion Ross from outside to inside or inside to outside or into the backfield or on a reverse. Same with Boyd. Like, to me, the flexibility that this roster has now on offense is a takeaway that I have, and it'll be interesting to see how they use that. And then the defensive line. This defensive line's good. I mean, it's good. Uh, Sam Hubbard, I almost said Chris Hubbard, who signed with the right tackle, signed with the Browns this offseason. Sam Hubbard, the local kid, Cincinnati native from Moeller, he's a guy who had multiple pressures yesterday. Really big, really strong, and the thing I thought and and liked most about him when the Bengals drafted him was that he was pro-ready. I thought that right away. Like It wouldn't take him long to develop. He would be good to go, ready to go, and he he certainly looked it so far. I think he can contribute this year, and that's good when you're talking about guys like Carlos Dunlap, guys like uh, Willis, Jordan Willis from last year who they drafted. Obviously, Carl Lawson, Geno Atkins. This team is pretty darn good at the offensive line. And Andrew Billings had some good practices this week. So the defensive line is a place where I'm not too concerned about. The the one thing I will say is is the back end of that secondary. Cornerbacks four through six. Again, I'm going to reiterate this one more time. If Adam Jones is a Bengal by the middle of next week, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they announced it today. Honestly, I could totally see Adam Jones returning to the Bengals and uh, doing so in a, a more limited role than he's ever had before. Kind of the fourth corner, a nickel guy slash punt returner. But that's the thing. If he's if he's not playing as much corner, he can return more and you can use him in that role. And I think it would be worth looking into if they did bring him back. I'm, I'm just speculating there. But I think there's a real possibility that Adam Jones is on this team uh, before the Bengals take the field week one against the Indianapolis Colts. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. We'll get Joe Goodberry on one day next week. I'll be back at it at training camp. I'm going to be there tonight. I plan on being there tomorrow for family day. Barring something unforeseen the next two days, I will be at training camp which means follow on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked on Bengals on Instagram as well at James Erpine. I was told I need to step my Instagram game up. Well, let's step it up then. Please follow me there. Subscribe iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app. Have a great weekend. And until next time, I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.